0: Nyate Steve Pelletier and Excited, excited, excited to have my guy, Kellen Voss from Mason Brew back on. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter. He'll give you the handle because I forgot to look it up beforehand. Uh, do you have any other profiles like Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff? <laughs>
1: Um, I, I have, I have other social media, but the only one I really use for work is the, is Twitter at Kellen underscore, underscore Voss V O S S. Um, yeah, I'm on Mason brew. Uh, we got great things going on right now in the middle of basketball season for the men's and women's team and football, you know, spring football is right around the corner. So we got a lot of stuff going on at the site. So thanks for having me, Steve. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. I, of course, am the Michigan alum as well. So go blue, always try and support uh, my alma mater. And today we're gonna talk about Kobe Bufkin, the guard out of Grand Rapids originally, who is playing for our Wolverines right now. Kobe Bufkin is listed at six foot four, 175 pounds. He is a sophomore again. Played his ball up in Grand Rapids. So another in the, the next in the line, long long line of Grand Rapids ball players. Of course, Devin Booker is the one recently who most people think about. There, um, we're going to start off looking at Kobe Bufkin's strengths. We're going to look at some areas he can improve, and then we're going to give a pitch. If we were a GM or a team trying to sell an NBA team on Kobe Bufkin and saying, hey, you should draft him like what's the pitch and what's the range. So let's start first and talk about Kobe Bufkin and Kobe Bufkin strengths on the basketball court.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of Kobe Bufkin's strengths in the basketball court, um, I'd say the most impressive thing has been how he's improved from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Um, you look at how he played last year and he was really on a tight leash with Juwan, probably played like three, five minute stretches, usually middle of the first half and then got a lot of DNPs in the second halves of games. He flashed the potential as a scorer and as a defender, but he never really Ever never really came together his freshman year. This season, he's kind of been one of Michigan's best players. He's probably been in terms of he, he can consistently score in the second half of games. He drives to the rim uh, incredibly well, finishes at the rim incredibly well His on ball defense has been spectacular all year long. He's six, four, but he's a long six, four. He's got a long wingspan and stays in front of guys really well. I love what he talks on defense. You always watch the games he's doing. He, you know, he's telling guys, talk to me and, and, and pointing out guys and he does all that great leadership stuff. And the more and more you watch, him the more his draft stock has seemed to rise as the season's gone along I think it was John Hollinger who tweeted something about him when he went to go watch Michigan Ohio State a few weeks ago and his profile's kind of risen ever since then so yeah the the kids the kids an incredible two-way guard and he's been one of the he's been this has been a rocky season for Michigan men's basketball but he's been one of the one of the bright spots of it all year long
0: yeah the defense to me is what sticks out number one no offense to T Will but I think that Kobe Bufkin has buy buying- By and way, the number one defender on this Michigan team, Hunter has been, I don't know what the word is, a little bit below average on defense, even at his best, he's a little bit above average on defense, doesn't have the foot speed to, to really switch or get out on perimeter guys, isn't a fantastic rim protector. So he's got to do a lot of, you know, minute detail things to stay on top of the defense. And then Jet just sucks. Jet sucks on defense. Can't guard anybody. Doesn't seem to have the desire to guard anybody. And then no offense to Doug McDaniel, but Doug McDaniel's what, like 5'10-ish, maybe somewhere around there? Yeah. Yeah. So. Because Kobe has a lot to make up, especially where he's at. So his other guard is five foot ten ish and the other wing doesn't want to defend anybody. Right. So he's had to make up a lot of ground, had to do that communication role, really stepped up into it. And when he and T. Well are out there, then they have this like two man foundation. Doug McDaniel, I will not like poo on because he has gotten after it. He's feisty, he's aggressive, and then you put that on top of the Buffkin and T. Will, and it's been really great. He's Kobe's mainly been a good on-ball defender, seems to be able to guard both the point guard and the shooting guard position. So yeah, there is that there in his belt. I also think that Kobe's an underrated shooter. Uh, just yeah, diving into his numbers, like, and he's a great shooter he's not just a good shooter something that's been undersold on him I think you look at the overall percentage for the season and he's at 34.4 percent so you think like "Eh, this guy looks like an average shooter but look at the games his first five games Kobe Bufkin was two for 19 so in in the first five games he was shooting terribly only hit two three-pointers in 19 attempts well you take those five games out and look at the remaining 22 games in the remaining 22 games so far in the season kobe buffkin is shooting 40.8 percent from three on 3.2 attempts per game and then all season he's been shooting 83.1 percent from the line and even in that 22 game sample side it's, it stays the same about at 83.3 percent yeah. if you're somebody that buys into free throw percentage then Kobe Bufkin's your guy too. And again, those numbers is not a small sample size. That five game sample is a small sample size, but 22 games, 40%. You might want the attempts to go up, but when you look at the free throw numbers staying in you know the mid eighties, then you're like, okay, yeah, this guy absolutely is a great shooter shooting at 40%. You put that with the defense and yeah, this is somebody that screams, okay, they have a, a position in the NBA as at least somebody that can guard at a high level is a defensive leader and will get you 40% from three.
1: Yeah. And that shooting just comes down to the hard work that he's put in, right? Like, I don't want to sound cliched, but he, everything you hear about the guy is that he is the hardest working guy that, that, that that Michigan has. I believe Jawan told a story earlier in the year about uh, right before one of the media days um, he was in his office, just working out, just, just working on stuff and he could hear dribbling and stuff and he could hear shooting from, because his office is right on the gym. And it was, it was Kobe getting shots up before practice and he's staying after practice and he's, he's doing all the right things. and, and, and is doing all the he's putting in that work that that you need to put in in order to make the nba. It's an it's an incredibly hard thing to do, but he's he's always seemed to have that work ethic that's never been a problem with him. And yeah, the shooting has been incredible. Uh I'd say especially in the second half of games, a lot of times this year when Michigan's needed a bucket and you you touched on it Hunter, I'll I'll say it, Hunter's been kind of stagnated this year in terms of a prospect. Last year was 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 the year where he made the sophomore ye- leap. He improved his three-point shot, he improved his mid-range shot, and he still he still has all the tools to be that great player player. player you know he had 26 27 against Ohio State he'll still dominate some opponents especially in the Big Ten but um, we haven't seen much of an improvement from him so from an offensive standpoint when Michigan's kind of stalled and and Hunter and Jet can't really get anything going Kobe's been the guy that's taken to the bucket and and getting a foul and getting the and one Kobe's the one that's hitting the the tough corner three when Michigan's down six needs to get momentum back Kobe's the one that's making all those big shots and NBA teams are going to pay attention to that
0: they will also pay attention to Kobe's playmaking. He has 77 total assists. The assist percentage is 17.3, which you would like it to be higher if you wanted to be a point guard. But you got to understand, too, Doug McDaniels taking most of those assist duties. Jets other thing other than just being a straight up scorer is being able to pass the ball. So I think if you put Kobe more in that lead guard role and we, as we have seen him become more of like this pick and roll ball handler. And when he does get usage, you see that the passing is good as well. So it's another thing to add on top of the, the list of, you know, strengths of Kobe being a guard that has, you know, a six, four, you think, oh no, he's in between her, but you're like, no, he actually has point guard skills. He has a defense, he has a shooting and these leadership traits that we've laid out. So what are some areas for improvement for Mr. Bufkin?
1: Uh, you know, it's it's tough when you, when, it, when you think about that, um, he doesn't really have much of a mid range game. If you want to get nitpicky about it, he makes a lot of threes. He drives to the basket really well. Doesn't shoot a ton in the mid range. Um, as good as he is as an on ball defender, he's probably either average or only slightly above average as a team defender in terms of help side, in terms of that kind of thing. He has very quick ste- hands and very quick steals on on defense and stuff. Um, his three point numbers have been great this season, my worry is he's never I don't think he's I don't know if he'll ever be the guy that what we're already seeing with Jet now where he'll shoot, you know, he'll he'll shoot he'll come off a screen and dribble and step back and hit threes. I don't know if we're ever gonna see that as a shot creator from Kobe Bufkin, which You know, if you're going to be a 6'4 guard in the NBA and you're not going to create your own shot and you're not going to get those mid-range looks quite a bit, you have to be a knockdown three-point shooter. I think he has the tools to become that. I don't know if he is that right now. Um, So I'd say that that's probably the knock. Uh, what, what, What would you say?
0: Yeah, it would be shot creation. You see a lot of these things, him being able to knock down shots but it's not necessarily like even at a cj mccollum type level where he's just getting an iso or he's really just spamming pick and roll it's playing off of his teammates playing off of hunter being the post-up threat that people have to double it's playing off of jet being the flamethrower from three that you have to double so it is filling in these gaps that seems to scream more supplementary role player than somebody that you can even in the second unit just roll out the ball for and be like hey go get us a shot that would be it the other thing to me is like some turnovers, there are times where you're like, what were you doing? And the turnovers aren't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. He only has Kobe only has 46 turnovers compared to those 77. So that's a good ratio. But when he makes turnovers, sometimes you're like, oh, my gosh, what were you doing? What were you thinking like stepping out of bounds over dribbling too much? Um, Same on defense, too. I count this in the turnover of like getting too handsy with guys at times like you will just foul them at the wrong time. When like Michigan has momentum going and then he'll foul somebody to help the other team get back into it. That's just detail oriented stuff. And he has to work on to limit those little mistakes that can add up to, you know, being the difference between losing by a bucket or losing by, you know, three points, something like that. Cause those things do stand out to me. The more I watch of him is just like every, almost every game he has these one turnover where you're like, what were you thinking, man?
1: And if you want to look at it from a team perspective, um, Michigan's actually been very good at keep taking care of the ball all season long. They have been top five in terms of turnover percentage and, and and in terms of turnovers per game. They've been top they've been right around three to five all year long. They only turn the ball over about nine point four times per game. But yeah, he does occasionally does have those those boneheaded decisions that he'll make. But I think that, that that just comes with playing with a young guard. He's playing next next to a true freshman at point guard who wasn't starting the year as the point guard. So I, I think part of that just comes with the territory with that. The other thing I guess you could you could you could say Is partially Kobe's fault, is Michigan hasn't been able to close Coast games all year long. They are, I think, two and nine against quad one opponents. And a lot of those games, like it was it was a five-point game, four-point game, three-point game in the last few minutes, and Michigan just couldn't get good shots, couldn't get good looks. Part of that falls on the coaching staff. Part of that falls on the guys around him. Um, he's actually been fairly decent in that category. He just made the big shot against Michigan State to win that one. And Saturday night, the, the three-pointer with a hand in his face, I have no idea how he made that, but that was an incredible shot. And um, so I guess Michigan's struggling. He has to take some of the blame for that in terms of Michigan struggling late in games, but he's also a big reason why Michigan's staying in a lot of these close games so I can't really knock him too much for that um yeah I I I I I don't know what else to say there but um he's he's a really solid player he's and he's been really fun to watch all year long for Michigan
0: Absolutely. So now comes the point where you have to pitch Kobe Bufkin, not only in terms of like why you should draft this player, but where in the world should they be drafted? So your scout, a GM comes to you and says, hey, we're thinking about drafting Kobe Bufkin. What do you see? Well, why should we draft him? Number one and number two, what is his draft range?
1: How how long do I have here? 30 seconds, 30 second pitch. We'll give you a minute, two minutes, somewhere in there. Okay. Okay. Here's my minute pitch on Kobe Bufkin. Uh, Kobe Bufkin, someone you want on your team when it comes to contributing to winning basketball. He can get, he can, he can, he can drive to the rim, finish and one. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a great on-ball defender. He's a team leader. He's an incredibly hard worker. And in terms of his NBA prospects, here's a fun little nugget: He's the youngest guy on Michigan's roster. He's younger than Doug McDaniel. He's younger than Terrace Reed. He's younger than all the freshmen that are on this roster. He doesn't turn, I, I believe he doesn't turn He's he, He's 19. Yeah. He was born in September of 2003. So he doesn't turn 19 or 20 until, until then, until then he's got a lot of room to grow. And you see the leap that he's made this season from his freshman year to his sophomore year. What if he makes another leap like that again? I want him to be on my, my NBA roster when he makes that leap at so many teams in the, in, that are in the playoff hunt right now, Sacramento. I just wrote about this, uh, a little bit ago, Sacramento Kings, uh, Philadelphia 76ers could use more guard depth, could use more guys that can come in and guard guys and score a little bit and contribute off the bench. Kobe can be that guy at the very least. That's his floor is a is a is a bench guy who can come in, play great defense, hit some threes and 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 can be relied upon in big spots. I, I, I'd I'm say my NBA comp for him is a bigger, better offensive lead Davion Mitchell for the Kings uh, in terms of how much he embraces defense, how much he, he gets up into the guys. You're going to want that guy on your basketball team. That's my pitch.
0: That is a good pitch, but you forgot the draft range.
1: Oh, the draft range. Um, I'd say late first round, maybe early second. Um, I'd say just, In terms of upside, we a lot of times in college basketball see the leap be made from freshman to sophomore year. And I don't know if another leap's coming sophomore to junior year. And so because of that upside, because this might be the best that he ends up being, I would say late first round, early second, all the tools are there um, for him to to be even better than that. I'd say probably about twenty five to thirty range. I'd say a good playoff team should is going to draft him for as like a depth piece kind of maybe like what Christian Brown is right now for the Denver Nuggets or if he's in the right situation he can be contributing down the stretch of games for a playoff team
0: fantastic pitch so my pitch on Kobe Bufkin starts with 58 of 75 at the rim he's shooting 77.3 percent at the rim that's not only a better percentage than his teammate Jet Howard that is also almost three times as many of attempts, which Jet Howard's only 20 of 29 at the rim. So this is somebody that is finishing at a high level as a guard at the rim. Also, Kobe Bufkin shot that 40% so far. Uh, they take out those five games. He's only gotten better from three as we were on. Kobe Bufkin also is number two on the team on Michigan in terms of three-point attempts, number two in terms of two-point attempts because Jet doesn't t- doesn't take that many two-point attempts. He is also second in terms of assists and third in terms of points. So here we have somebody that is, you know, going to fill in the gaps in your team. When you have somebody like a jet who isn't great at the two point, Conversions or that isn't his number one thing, then Kobe can step in and do those things. Can also provide space as much for Hunter Dickinson, step in and do those things, is a good playmaker and fill in that role as well. And then we have all the defensive stuff that we laid out as well. We'll get after you and want to continue to get after you. I have him as my number 21 prospect on my board. He didn't appear last time, but diving more and more into the film, it's like, yeah, this is a clear fire, sure sure fire first rounder, a clear first rounder and somebody that should at least be at 21, if not higher. Like you really could talk me into Kobe Buffkin somewhere at like uh, 16 to 21. Anywhere in there. I think there's 15 picks before then that like, no, nah, you can't talk me into him being over somebody like a Taylor Hendricks. So you can't talk me into Kobe being better than somebody like Kason Wallace, who so Kaysen Wallace is the same type of profile, right? Good defender, great supplementary shooter, good playmaker, fills in all these role player gaps. Yeah, he, he gave Michigan know. he
1: gave Michigan buckets in in London. He he was yep. he was a problem in London. He was yeah. he was really good in that game. I was yeah. that was my first time watch. I don't I don't scout guys as much as you do. I don't have to for my job, but like it's that guy was impressive as hell in the London game. That, that Kentucky that Kentucky beat him in, especially in that second half. So yeah, I mean it. it I guess my worry with Kobe is I don't know if he has an upside as a guy, as much as a guy like that has. So that's why I'm, I don't think he's going to be a lottery picker around that range, but it's more fun when we disagree, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree that he's not in that lottery range, like which is why twenty-one I haven't quite seen it there yet. I mean Casey Wallace has been that guy for like the last three or four years in high school. And again, the Drew Holiday comparison isn't one you should make lightly because of how good Drew is on defense. But also the more you watch of Casen Wallace, the more you're like, Yeah, this makes a lot of sense because he does have that high level ability already and the tenacity and the desire. The way that a Drew Holiday does. Back to Kobe though, I see him more of like a Derek White with better three point range. Derek okay. White now is on the Celtics, six foot four, one ninety is what Derek White has listed at.
1: It's almost been- identical to Kobe. Yeah. Wow.
0: Okay. Been in the NBA uh five years now, I believe. The three point shot has gone up and down for Derek White. He's a thirty five percent three point shooter. Yeah. Last year when he got traded to Boston, he shot 30.6. I mean, for the total year between San Antonio and Boston, he was 31.2%. This year, Derek White's been back up at 38. 38- Point five percent, but eleven point eight points per game, three point nine assists, just one point one turnovers and the shooting splits of 52.2, 38.5, and then eighty six point two percent from that free. I mean, field. if Kobe
1: but, ends up being that, that's yeah, an NBA yeah. player, hundred exactly. percent, yeah.
0: And like everybody needs a Derek White. There's a reason why the Celtics were like, yo, oh, you make a lot of money, but we need your skill set, and everybody needs that kind of player. So to me, it's easily this screams again first rounder because of all these different things of as a role player that you want in the middle to the end of the first round.
1: Well, when you, you brought up NBA teams here. I know you and I are both big Pistons fans. Um, I don't know if I, I the Pistons aren't going to have a draft pick around the range that he's going to be, but like, would you want him to be on the Pistons?
0: No, absolutely. As I said with Andy, data-driven piston fan on the last episode, this team needs as many defenders as it possibly can. And the two type of defenders it really needs is a wing defender and a point of attack defender. And Kobe is absolutely a point of attack defender. Yeah, any team that would need that point of attack defense, draft him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, they seem to be really into big guys right now. So maybe, maybe because Kobe's not a center, he's not going to get drafted by the Pistons. But, um, yeah, I, 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 it, I mean, in terms of other NBA teams, I could see him fitting on, I was, I was just writing up a piece about him and Jet for Mason Brew last week. Um, the Kings maybe as a team that could maybe use another guard, uh, the Sixers is a team that he could I think he could come off the bench well with a guy and play with a, well with a guy like shake Milton um who do you see would be a good fit for Kobe to play with in the NBA
0: well you know who has the 21st pick right now if the season ended who is the Miami Heat that team oh, like that makes made in so heaven. sense like, yeah <laughs> Jimmy Butler Kobe Bufkin they're like yeah that that makes too much sense man
1: you can go go have fun with Duncan you know maybe maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Juwan's, Juwan's still got ties over the you know, he's with the Heat for a number of years that they probably probably is talking to him about, about Kobe. That makes too much sense. Yeah, that's really that's a really good call. Yeah,
0: and they don't have a pick here in the second round, but the team to me that immediately screams like we need this guy is the Bucks. Because okay. Carter has, you know, really done. A- incredibly well there. He's one of my favorite prospects um, looking at him back in the day just because he does play that great point of attack defense he is super efficient and fills in all these gaps so that they can free drew holiday to go guard somebody else other than the point guard or they can switch uh, Javon over to somebody else if need be but Javon Carter could be a potentially a free agent this offseason probably will be because his deal is so small and if he can opt out of it or the Bucks would want to try and sign him long term then they might might end up losing him to a team like say the Pistons who have all this cap space that they can throw a big contract at that. Yeah. You, would, you could draft a Kobe Bufkin and then with Marjan Beauchamp who they drafted this year and that then you have a nice little young core of role player guys that fit in perfectly around who they already have.
1: And I mean, just adding Kobe, uh, it's, it's the old Bill Simmons thing, right? When you're looking at the finals, when you're looking at playoff games, it's like do you, could you envision this guy being on the floor and contributing? And I see that in Kobe Buffkin. maybe that's my bias in, in, in watching all these games and, and rooting for Michigan all my life. But I, I see, you know, the tools are there at least as a defender and at least as a guy who can shoot, make a corner three, you know, those guys are, you know, those guys are always valuable to have on playoff games. So I, I going into a great situation like that with the Bucs or Miami would be incredible for him
0: yeah absolutely and this is going to be my one hot take on this and i'll probably get roasted by my michigan faithful but i don't think you can say that the bill simmons thing of like can you see this person? On a finals team, I don't think you can say that definitively about Jet. I don't you definitely cannot say that definitively about Hunter, even in backup roles. I mean, Jets defense is so bad and the rebounding is so few that it's hard to say, like, okay, you can have this guy that just chucks threes, but doesn't do much else, can score in bunches, but doesn't do much else that player normally is a liability in the playoffs, especially if they're a starter, they're just going to get picked on all the time. And then uh, Hunter again, athletically limited. He's only looking at being a backup in the NBA, just keeping it real. So I think Kobe is the one, like it's easy to hype him up more and more because like a Derek white or like, you know, these defensive specialists, you just need these guys
1: always. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I understand why Jet's higher than him in the mock drafts. I mean, it's it's easy to see. The tools are there for him to develop into a three-level score in terms of his his three-point shot, the mid-range shot. He doesn't drive to the rim as much, but he's gotten a lot better at distributing the ball when he does drive to the rim. That's a huge thing that I think has been has been good on him. I can, In the article I wrote, I compared him to Norman Powell as a guy who could eventually develop into a guy that could, you know, lead your second unit if he continues to develop as an offensive player. And so those guys tend to get drafted high than guys like Buffkin, but at the same time I, I agree with you on all those standpoints he's not a good rebounder he's not a good defender he doesn't seem to buy in on that side of the floor Michigan's late game late game failures some of that has to come onto to him um, I, 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 I yeah I, I'm with you on that I think I think Jet will go higher than him just because of the upside but yeah I I I, I can't say I have I completely agree with you because of the of, of, of the trajectory of, of what jet could become but as of right now yeah the 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 flaws and everything besides the shooting in his game is a concern uh, but
0: yeah, absolutely. I think it's just more of uh, being more certain and definitive on the skill set and knowing like there is this clear upside. Again, I agree with you yeah. that Jed is going to go higher. I don't see a world in which he
1: doesn't. He
0: might even. Go I mean, he's up, six, up, eight, up he,
1: he's six, eight, he's six, eight and he shoots threes. Those guys are yeah. those guys are always going to be. And he doesn't shot. shoot
0: threes. He shoots threes at a super high level, both in terms of yeah. percentages. Absolutely rare. But it is the difference between the defense and the rebounding. Like if it continue to say bad, it's the difference between Jet being like Cameron Johnson, who's a great player and a useful piece, but is a backup. Nobody's starting Cameron Johnson yet. And being somebody like Michael Porter Jr., who's just a flamethrower that is always on, that scores in buckets, right? That you actually yeah. always want to play as much as you can, and just live with the defensive limitations because
1: don't don't love that Cam on. Johnson slander. That that Nets team has been really fun to watch since they since they dismantled the the big the big three that with him and Mikkel Bridges and Nick Claxton and all those guys. Basically, everybody except Ben Simmons has been really fun to watch for them this year. So, <laughs> well, it's
0: not slander. It's just saying like he's athletically limited, right? Like if you pay Cam Johnson to be like Michael Porter Jr., you're going to be disappointed, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'd agree with you there. Yeah.
0: Well, we're gonna to have to return to this because and although this is on Kobe Bufkin, it did end up going to the little jet discussion. I will have Kellen Voss back on when we do the jet discussion, which probably won't happen until the off season, just because I think Jet is somebody that needs the full season's worth of context. In order and to he just to break he down. just
1: got hurt in the Michigan. He just got hurt in the Michigan State game. Uh, it looked like it was the other ankle. He twisted it. He twisted his right ankle earlier in the year. It looks like the other ankle went down. He was down for a number of time. Didn't have a boot on it or anything in the game so we haven't heard much in terms of if he's going to be coming back or anything michigan has been very tight-lipped about that uh so hopefully he ends up being okay but yeah I, I'm, I'm 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 always it's always a pleasure to talk to you about 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 uh draft stuff especially michigan guys so
0: yeah prayers up to jet hopefully you get better soon hopefully it's just a minor tweak man definitely want to see you more out on the court any last words any last thoughts on kobe buffkin
1: um, no, I, I, think we covered it. Kobe Bufkin's a guy I want on my basketball team and selfishly as a Michigan fan, I hope he returns next year to, to, to be the star at Michigan and to lead Michigan's offense and to, 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 to build some continuity, which is something that we haven't had much in the Juwan Howard tenure. But, um, I'm, I, at the same time, if he, if he goes to the, if he tests the waters and gets a first round evaluation, he's got to go. He's that, that kid's too talented to, to, to stay in college basketball as, as much as I, as much as I don't want to admit it, but, um, yeah. Yeah, Kobe, go
0: get that money, man. Come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go get that money.
0: All right. Thanks a lot so much to Kellen Voss again. Again, let the people know where they can find you, com, Twitter handle, all that stuff. Go follow this man, read all his articles.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Um uh at Kellen, uh like Alan DeGeneres with a K at the beginning. Underscore underscore Voss, V O S S. Uh, We do a lot of great stuff at Mason Brew. It's a great group of guys. Uh, Von Lozon, Trevor Woods, Andy Bailey, Jared Stormer, a lot of guys over there pumping out great content Well, football's coming up soon uh with spring football and recruiting's uh, you know gonna gonna be big uh the michigan season's coming down to the wire the, the women's team's really really good I, I i'd highly recommend checking them out um but yeah a lot of michigan if you if you're a michigan fan and you want to you want to hear uh you want to listen to people talk about michigan athletics and, re- and read Mich- people talk about michigan athletics major is the place to go so steve thank you for having me
0: Anytime, man. Anytime, and can't wait to be talking Jed Howard again in the offseason. Yes, Maybe even sure. Hunter Dickinson. We'll see if Hunter declares. Uh, I don't know so, about that, but well, we'll he might see. declare. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. So, yeah. yeah thank we'll, you so much, we'll everybody that listens. Yeah. We'll catch you next time. Go on it